Welcome to the podcast. Wow, that was quite the introduction. This is Chad Mark with uh, I Want to Know. Um, it's just the two of us today, no guests, although we've got some uh, new guests coming up here in the near future. Actually, we will be chatting with Joe Rogan here. Uh, he has said that he will not be talking on the mic, though. So every now and then we will refer to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, so uh, a lot of our references will be to the JRE podcast. And he's here. He's just not talking on the mic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, really have a real celebrity, a step up from yep. from our last celebrity. We're just going up from here. Yeah. yeah. That was uh that was a very exciting weekend for me hanging out with uh Robin Black and uh his sound guy. Um or I don't know what's called it a sound guy. His name was Mark too. Uh very cool guy, told me a lot of information about uh uh, what we're doing here with the podcast and how we can do things differently. So we got some cool stuff coming up in the near future, I hope. Uh, meeting um, Faraz Sahabi was very, I met very BJ cool. Penn. And BJ so, Penn, right. Know, there. I was there too. Yeah. Go check out our uh, Instagram page. There's uh, pictures of uh, me and BJ Penn. I think I uploaded ones of... Uh, no, I didn't upload yours. It's on yours. On your Facebook page. I hope you didn't upload mine. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, creepy ass stalker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to stop. So that. here's something crazy. Speaking of that, okay. um, so I was talking to a friend of ours yesterday, and he sent me a meme that had uh, Goku on it. Have you heard of this? Yeah, he shared it with me in a private message as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, I've kind of seen it around, and I was like, whatever. I, I don't, I don't fucking get what you're getting at here. But I didn't understand it either. No, but then I went home, and my YouTube is full of suggestions for Goku related things. So I'm like, dude, what the fuck is Goku, and why is YouTube all over it now? Ever since you sent me that message, he's like, yeah. oh, it's like anime Superman. And I'm like, that's fucking creepy as shit. One meme and then YouTube just makes out your suggestion. I, yeah, like I don't, maybe it's a coincidence, but like it was like, and it's like literally, it's, it's not said anywhere in the text. It's like in the meme itself. And then all like that night, I've got Goku crap everywhere. I, I really don't understand that because we've had that happen to us a whole bunch where we'll sit and discuss something uh, in my living room, of course, having our phones closed. And then an hour later, there'll be advertisements for that on our, on our Facebook page or Instagram yeah. that, that, uh, uh, I think it's called a, a resale or um, someone told me what the name of it was. But anytime you search something, you get the, the people that come up in oh, the for search sure. and optimization. Yeah. But, but this was like an image. I with know. It, like It's weird. You know, in all fairness, this was Facebook Messenger, which is pretty much like banging a homeless guy and thinking <laughs> you're not going to get like some sort of weird <laughs> sneaky thing happen to you. But uh yeah no i uh i find it a little bit creepy but i'm not overly private so no uh, I don't it doesn't either. really bother me any i think if uh, you go to my uh pages you could actually even get my phone number and call me if you wanted to oh uh, you'd be surprised how many people you can do that with too yeah like that's the new thing with like I, I think it's shocking that like you'll have like online dating which we keep talking about you have girls that put pictures up there and you can tell that they're just only headshots and they're all from one angle and you're like it literally as long as you have their name and the city that they live in yeah. facebook will show you their entire profile that's crazy and it's like well come on like seriously if there's any interest in you i'm gonna know what you look like within like five minutes of a google search or yeah exactly you can go after all their friends see pictures of her um, whatever you want eric was telling me today that uh, i thought online gaming was uh, a lot more private so um, my son does a lot of online gaming and uh, he was saying that he was on a game. I don't remember which one it was. And the, the guy that he was uh, corresponding with basically said, oh, you're from Airdrie. 
And it took Eric a few minutes to figure it out, but he says your IP address, if they can see your IP address in the game, which supposedly you can, they can tell what city you live in, not your address, not your house, not your area, but what city you live in. Um, and I thought that is really freaking creepy. Like I thought we had better privacy than that. I, you know, I look at all of his profiles, there's no addresses, no phone numbers, no pictures, uh, nothing like that. It's just, he's allowed to, um, speak to people in these video games and they know what city he lives in. Yeah. It's super creepy. I was like, my daughter is eight and she's like on the most, uh, like censored version of being in an online community you can be and every now and then she'll be like yeah this person said this to me and it's like go oh, fuck like you don't talk to that person anymore yeah yeah and uh like, uh yeah it's what kids are i don't know what kids are exposed to is a lot different these days i think and yeah well not, I, you don't have a grasp right because it's not like it's not where we came from <clears throat> i grew up in uh bc mostly and there was a guy out there named um i'm trying to remember his name now he was a serial killer he killed i think a dozen kids or something like that the pig guy? No, way no. before that. This is like in the 70s. Um, Olsen, Clifford Olsen. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, serial killer out there. And I remember for the, the I don't know, three or five years that he was roaming around and, and doing shitty stuff was he, uh, we would, I lived in a the end of a cul-de-sac, so on one of the corners coming out of the cul-de-sac, and we were only allowed to play in the cul-de-sac with our friends, but there was always a parent in a lawn chair sitting kind of opposite our house or in front of our house watching everything that was going on. So for four years, we were 100% supervised all the time. And uh, that's not fun when you're a kid. You should be able to roam free and do whatever. And then shortly after that, we moved to Saskatchewan, and it was free reign. I got to do whatever. See, the hell I think I it's really funny when people do the whole like, "Oh, back when I was growing up, we just like we played until the streetlights came on, and then we went home, and we were totally fine." It's like you weren't totally fine. I'd say like at least half the kids that I knew yeah. were either molested or else had a near like a very close call with that. Yeah. I had a friend who lots of close calls for sure. Absolutely, I yeah. think everyone had a close call. Yeah. Actually. I had a friend who got hit by a car seven times before we uh, before I moved in junior high school. That sounds like he's just not very smart. No, he's not. But <laughs> that's the type of kid that like that's why you yeah. have your kids monitored, right? Right. Uh, I had uh, probably three friends that burnt down like forests that were relatively close to our neighborhood. Wow. Um, like just stealing was just what you did. Yeah. And people go like, "Oh no, no, we were fine. You weren't fine. You weren't fine. You totally no. weren't fine." We. Uh, I. I'm not super diligent in watching everything my kids do i think they need some freedoms and my wife is a little bit of the opposite she 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 really wants to have control over where they are and what they're doing so we kind of find that middle balance and um i think there's it's important to give kids some safe freedoms so that they they can explore a little bit and try new things and and grow as a person if you're always watching them you're always controlling where they are and what they're doing and what they're saying, then they're never going to grow into um, well-rounded humans. Well, it's a matter of age appropriate too, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not letting a five-year-old walk down the highway. Then again, I'm not letting a 13-year-old walk down the highway. Oh, either. I can't believe like thinking back at like the, you know, those memories you have of early childhood. Like I can literally remember me with a gang of kids throwing rocks at cars <laughs> and telling them like, yeah, next year I'm going to kindergarten. Oh, like that's wow. one of my earliest memories, and I was like, holy, like, now that I've got kids, I'm like, holy shit, like, yeah. you shouldn't let pre-kindergarten children, like, roam the streets by them. Like, we were literally in, in the street not throwing a, rocks at cars. And not in a gang, right? The 
you put a bunch of five and six year olds together and let them come up with what they're going to do, they're going to come up with some pretty oh, shitty things yeah. to do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's weird. So, uh, I was, um, where did I see it? It was one of those like, uh, clickbaity type YouTube videos where they talk about, um, risks for kids. And apparently one of my daughter's favorite channels at the time was called, it's called seven perfect angels. And apparently there's a lot of, what would you say out there? A, a lot of pondering as to whether this is this is questionable material because apparently it's got massive traffic and massive conversation in pedophile groups. Really? And what it is, it's a bunch of girls who are and, and they're a bunch of young girls and they do all kinds of stuff. A lot of times in bathing suits or just whatever, being little girls, and they overact the little girl part of it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, oh, cool. It's like something that like little kids can relate, little girls can relate to. And then I got more into detail and they guarantee all the girls that are under 13 on their channel. And so as a result, I've got this filter and whenever it pops up on our our YouTube suggest list, I get this filter. The last one that popped up was uh, the bathing suit um, or something, trying on bathing suits. And these are all like young, young, like under... 13 year old girls yeah. in bathing suits and i'm just like wow like that's not cool yeah like well but you look at it and they're getting like three million views per video right yeah so they're making money off of this and at what point are you like who's producing the video though is it the kids oh is no it the parents parent? it's they're very well produced it's obviously their parents are producing these videos and yeah. making a shitload of money off of it too Wow, and so it, I feel about that's that. very conflicting, right? Because it's like you can't, if pedophiles are going to come and watch what you're, you're totally innocently putting out there, that's, that's kind of on the pedophiles or society. But at the other time, it's like, well, if you're knowingly doing that, at what point do you take responsibility for it? Yeah, if you know that's what your viewers are. And you're starting to market it that way. It, well, if you're marketing that way, you're a piece of dog shit parent oh it makes you wonder though right like why are you putting swimsuit videos up of your kids yeah. is it because your kids got new swimsuits and want to show them off and it's summertime or is it because you know you're gonna get pedo clicks yeah wow that's creepy as all get out i haven't heard about that page but uh you know we're we're somewhat private with our kids i don't talk about them a whole bunch and uh you know we we don't let them go out onto uh um social media too freely without uh without seeing what they're doing like you got to kind of guide them a little bit in 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 that area um but yeah to purposely film your kids and put it out there like what happens when that girls those girls are 15 and 16 years old and they figure out what their parents are doing and then you know how's that going to make them feel or 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 uh do like yeah it's just that's so it's kind of like a weird, weird chicken and egg situation though like if your parents are the type of people that'll market you to pedophiles are you going to really grow up to be a normal person either way yeah, I, that is so freaky. I don't even want to think about it. It just grosses me out to that people would. I mean, I, I think it's been that way in Hollywood forever too. Not maybe for everybody, but definitely, you know, the the casting couch people knew what that was about and sent their kids in anyways. Um, I guess is that just like what we should expect? No, like, I don't. I don't. I don't think we should expect that at all. Like. I get that there's there's a percentage of shitty people in the population and they're going to do shitty things. But we tolerate predatory behavior, knowing knowingly pre- predatory behavior in uh, like the movie industry in Hollywood. Why wouldn't we tolerate it in YouTube? Well, I don't know if it's tolerant. There's people that tolerate it for sure. I, I would bet the masses don't tolerate oh, it. Oh, I'm 100% sure that anytime you see a teenage girl in a movie... 
that sex appeal was a factor in how they dress her, how they casted her, who they casted. That the parents were doing that or the, the industry was doing Both. That? I think the parents obviously know that they're doing that and the industry has like literally got it written in their script that this needs to be a sexy 15-year-old. Wow. I haven't read a script, so I couldn't tell you if that's true or not. Um, and I don't know. I think if people really, truly understood that that's what's going on, that there would be some boycotts, the general I think you'd population. have to be retarded to not know that, though. Yeah, like, think about how many movies you've watched. And, like, you know, in all fairness, a lot of times they're casting adult actresses to play these roles. Yeah. But they're playing a teenage person. Yeah. And that teenage person is being sexualized in that movie. Like, they're doing the slow bend over shots and hmm. the, you know, the cleavage shots down and all that sort of stuff. I got no reference to, to, to what you're saying, to, 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 to agree or disagree. Um, I'm trying to think of all the movies that had like teen stuff in it. Like, what was that? Clueless. That's, that, that's the big one, right? There was a bunch of teenage high school girls that were all sexualized. I guess so. Um, I don't even know that I've seen that movie. That would have been I'm just trying to think of, like, hi- any, any, any movie that's ever taken place in a high school. Yeah. Which is many. Well, yeah. Uh, what about Saved by the Bell? That was a TV show, the same yeah. thing. Uh, was that Miranda? Well, and there's a lot of, like, the guys even were walking around. There's one, that one guy, uh, I don't know what his name is, was always walking around with a shirt on. The muscly guy, I don't know. Which movie? Saved by the Bell. Oh, uh, something Lopez. Yeah, Mario? He's Mario Lopez, Mario, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he's probably an adult at the time, but he's walking around without a shirt the whole time. So that's yeah. sexualizing a minor, right? Wow. Or at least the, the, the theory of... I didn't think about that at all, watching them. Maybe I just don't think that way. Maybe I don't, like I'm not on that level. They weren't old enough for you? Maybe. (laughs) I guess so. There isn't a cane involved. There's no sexualization for Chad. I didn't didn't watch a bunch of Saved by the Bell. I don't remember watching Clueless at all. I remember one of the girls from Saved by the Bell had done a movie uh, about being a stripper, like after her Saved by the Bell career. I don't remember who she is. Wasn't it Strip? Oh, or something. I have no, no idea. It was a pretty bad movie, though. Yeah, it was like famously bad with that Demi Moore movie, right? Was it Demi Moore too? Yeah, it was like that. Really, it's like a famous bad movie. Yeah. Wow. I can't. What's it? Fuck. What's it called? I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, um, yeah. So we we have a topic other <laughs> than pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping we could switch topics. So I was speaking recently about uh, kind of. Um, what are the things you need to concentrate on health? So uh, not being a pedophile, not being a pedophile. <laughs> that uh, the people that I was talking to were kind of in a bad spot, and so I said, "These are the things you need to think about: is your your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, and your financial health." And I think those are all. It's maybe not everything you need to concentrate on, but for me, it was kind of the four main things. Like, what are we doing in our lives every day to increase? our health in these specific areas and uh for physical stuff um I, I i'm i'm not overly physical but i'm i'm have plans to be more physical i a busy guy so trying to squeeze it in uh we have a podcast that we're uh well actually probably by the time you hear this will already be uploaded talking about some of the things you can do physically when you're a busy person and i'm going to implement those into my life um your your emotional 
health, I think it's important to um, to talk about how you're feeling. And, and we've had this discussion before where, you know, if I'm mad or uh, you're mad or upset, that we'll, we'll sit and discuss that, just the two of us. And I think there's so much benefit in just talking about how you feel. Maybe not even coming up with a solution, but just talking about it. Uh, spiritual health. You know what? I think depending on what your your upbringing is, the culture is, your your affiliated religion, um, that will be different for, for everybody. And then the last was financial health. I don't think most of our population spends any time thinking about, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't pocket everyone or put everyone in one one group but um, maybe not enough people think about their financial health and their financial future um, and I think it's super super important to do all right <laughs> so where are you on the uh, the physical what what do you think is important daily uh, we I think it's an interesting point the whole aging and being active it's definitely something that I, I think about a lot and talk to a lot of people about I'm, I'm 40 which is not the oldest thing in the world but it's definitely that age where if you're not active at 40, you're not you're kind of fucked for the rest of your life. You're getting to that point where your body's starting to shut down. And you better start planning on doing something. If you if you really force your body to keep itself up after 40, I think it will grudgingly go along with it. Yeah. But if you don't, it's more than happy to start shutting down and dying. I so 100% believe that's for true. For me, it's really important. I'm at a kind of a weird spot right now, actually. I'm super just fucking broken at the moment. Um during the winter time, I do uh, martial arts. I do probably three or four times a week. Um, and I do like a fairly, at a, at a high level, I'd say like the lower end of a competitive level. Um, as a purely, as purely recreational. Um, and then summertime starts for me and it's mountain biking season. And I do downhill, which is just flying on the side of a mountain as fast as you can. Yeah. It's, uh, it, that's, so that's, that takes over at least half of my free time. And then my daughter's off school, and I'm fortunate to have the type of job where I, I can spend lots of time with her and do stuff like that here and there. And so as a result, martial arts kind of goes from being a lot and regular to being kind of sporadic. Yeah. Uh, my problem is I'm not smart enough to go in and train at like half speed or something <laughs> like that. I've got to I've got to go in there and I've got to go hard. And if there's people that I shouldn't be able to do better than, like people younger than me, people in better shape than me, yeah. I'm absolutely gonna go hard. Yeah. And, and make everyone look bad that I can. It's just I've got my ego checked in a lot of ways with martial arts. I don't have it checked for that for sure. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate part of those I get hurt. Yeah. So I literally I went from having uh, I had a what is it, I did a BJJ class and then right after that I did a Muay Thai conditioning class. And just happened to be that we were working on triangle chokes in the, the jiu-jitsu class and clinch in the Muay Thai class. Yeah. And I hadn't been trained. I didn't go. I had a week off before that. So I wrecked my neck. Yeah. And then I took two weeks off to recover, which was a smart thing to do. The not so smart thing to do is the first class back is I jumped in hard, like really hard, thought I could. And uh, I, I did two back-to-back Muay Thai classes. And there's a bunch of newer young people there. And I decided I was going to prove that I could do more sit-ups <laughs> faster and harder than they could. And I wrecked my back. Yeah. And then I've ever since that happened, I've been going back every couple of days with the mentality of like, okay, I'll go back. It's been two days. I've taken the time off. I'll go back and I'll go really late. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. That, it's a problem that uh, I'm 45 now. And I just realized that there's certain times when I exercise, if I push myself, all I'm doing is damage. I'm, yep. not, I'm not getting ahead. And it's, uh, it's hard to check the ego to realize, well, this is the position I'm at right now. This is what I can and can't do um, and only do that because 
myself as a as a martial artist. I haven't trained in a while, but I've trained a lot. Um, you always want to be your best. You want to push hard. You want to challenge yourself, and 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 you don't want to lose. Like if you're sparring, you know you don't want to be the weak the weak guy in class or the slow guy in class. You don't want to be the guy that takes all the breaks, but. If you have to, it's a good idea to do it. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, you know, there's so many other reasons, too. You make stupid decisions. Like, ego's, ego's a huge reason for me, without a doubt. But it's just, I like to kind of just go hard. Like, I don't like to kind of just go light. And, yeah. you know, the, the most recently, a couple of days ago, I went to a kickboxing class. And I was really good. I, I went, I trained really, really light. I, uh, I I told everyone, hey, I've got some injuries I'm trying to heal. If you If you can work around it, that'd be great. Like, my partners and everyone was cool with that. The class went really well. I then hopped on my mountain bike and literally rode off a cliff. And <laughs> thanks, thank you, jujitsu. I rolled out of it and was, aside from a, some road rash, was perfectly fine. Yeah. But it fucked my neck and back yeah. up, right yeah. back to where they were in, in their worst case scenarios. So I had a bit of a revelation listening to Frost Sahabi on JRE because he was talking about how you get the most benefits out of exercises. And he doesn't believe you should ever uh, do anything till you're sore. So his, his kind of explanation of it goes, if you can do 15 pull-ups, but then you can only do those 15 pull-ups twice a week because it takes you two or three days to recover from those pull-ups. Um, he goes, that's not good. The better thing to do is only five pull-ups, but do five pull-ups every day. At the end of the week, you've now done 35 uh, um, pull-ups instead of the 30. So you're actually ahead of the game, but you've never felt sore or tired or you've never injured yourself. And so it's about going, and I don't remember if he said an actual percentage. Um, you know, the old days, it used to be when you're bench pressing, you do 80% of your max, and that's how you get the best, um, you know, build or, or muscle growth out of it. And he's saying, no, 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 do, do less than that, but maybe do it two or three times a day. And actually the, the podcast that I, I'll be uploading with Rick before you guys hear this is, uh, he talks about that is like just doing little bits throughout the day sporadically and, you know, go do five sit-ups and, and, you know, 10 push-ups and a couple of pull-ups and a couple of squats. Every time you have a 15 minute break, just do those. At the end of the day, he says, all of a sudden, I've done 50 push-ups, but I'm not sore. I'm not tired. I'm not hurt. I'm not injured because I've only done little bits at a time. So he's actually getting way better ahead than people that are taking an hour and a half to go to the gym and push as hard as they can. And so I'm starting to implement that now into to my life physically that... I don't want to have torn elbows and shoulders and bad necks and, you know, my hip flexors get uh, really, really tight, which puts pressure on my back. And so I'm like, there's just some things that I'm not going to do anymore. And honestly, I think it would have been smarter for me to do that when I was 20. Um, I probably wouldn't be so susceptible to injury now had I been smarter <laughs> when I was younger. That's uh, that's definitely a smart way to do it. I just um, I, that wouldn't work for me. I don't think I, I I have the mentality of I either I'm either active because it's something I really really enjoy, or it's something that I feel I have to do and I force myself to do it. So I could definitely see like forcing myself like okay I've got some free I'm just sitting around I'm gonna grab some weights or I'm gonna do some you know uh, calisthenics or something. I'm doing that because I feel like I should be doing that. And it's very easy to be like, oh, sure, let's only do like, you know, let's only do 80%. I won't go a full 100% because I don't want to be doing this. It's just something I feel I should be doing. Yeah. But when it comes to like passionate stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be like, well, you know, I should probably only try to jump this jump on my bike like at half the height that I know I can. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try yeah. and go harder than I've ever gone. Yeah. I'm not going to like try and like, you know, 
go slower. That's not why I'm there. Same with martial arts. I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold myself back because I want to feel like this sucked at the end of it. Like yeah. I want to really put myself through the ringer. I want to feel like I could not train another minute. I think that has to be our ego, and I don't know that that's the right way to do it. Wrong, and I'm sure there's lots of people that train that way, and they uh, get really. I think far it's passion versus responsibility, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I see that as well. Like, I think unfortunately, to stay active, the older you get, it really has to be something that you have a passion for. Yeah. Or not just older. Like, I think people that are maybe really out of shape, they have to find something that they're passionate about. So it's not a matter of being in shape anymore. It's a matter of fulfilling a passion and being healthy because it's such a slow process. You're not. It's not like, you know, you have an injury, let's put a Band-Aid on it, we're done. It's such a slow process of getting in shape and being healthy that you 100%. don't see results no. uh, incrementally like you think you would. No. I, I think you would see results faster doing it the, the Frost way than the way that we've done it. Uh, and, and I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to implement this where I'm doing a little bit uh, a few times a day um, and see where I'll record it, see see if. You know, I can increase my plank, increase increase my squat numbers, um, pull up. Well, I'm not doing pull ups right now. I still have a torn elbow, but there's there's uh, a few things. So, that how I do you do. motivate yourself to keep on that? For me, I have to schedule stuff. Like I have to literally put it in my calendar and say, at this time, this is what you're doing. If I don't write it down, if I don't make a plan long term in advance, um, then it doesn't happen. It just you know. My dad used to say, uh, wish in one hand, shit in the other, see which one fills up first. Uh, you can't just think about doing stuff. You actually, for me, I have to have a written plan. Like today, I'm going to get up at 5.30. I'm going to do my 10-minute stretching routine. I'm going to brush my teeth, go have my um, breakfast. Um, and I literally write this stuff down on a calendar. Like, this is this is what I'm doing. So do you ever get to the point where that just gets old? That's kind of my problem. Yeah. I, I can be like, yeah, I'm going to do this every day. And then just after a while, I just lose interest in it. It doesn't matter whether it's good for me or not. It's just, you know what? I've been doing this for three weeks now, and I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. I, I find that when it's scheduled, I feel like it's... Um, um, a lot easier for me to do. We used to do bike riding every Saturday morning. Yep. Um, and stuff gets in the way sometimes where, you know, you've had to work or I've had something planned or gone away with the kids or whatever, and uh, we haven't been able to do it. But when it was written down there, then it was like Friday night. It was like, hey, are we still riding tomorrow morning? Or you would message me and say, hey, are we still riding tomorrow morning? And as long as I had it written down on my personal calendar, it just didn't seem like a hard task to do. Oh, and I think we could still be doing it too. I just... Now yeah. that, you know, once the mountain bike parks <laughs> opened up, it was like, I'm not riding on the pathways anymore. Yeah. yeah. I went for a, an awesome ride with uh, my buddy Rick a few weeks ago, and I call it the CrossFit ride. Um, and it's this is part of what I'm going to do is my I'm going to do this one ride at night where I, I implement this. And I'm going to try to do uh, 40 to 50 kilometers um, at night, which should take me about two and a half hours. But every 10 kilometers you stop, you do, um, I think what I'm going to do, it's going to be uh, 15 uh, squats, and it's nose-to-the-wall squats. Then I'm going to do a five-minute plank, and then I'm going to do um, 10 one-legged squats off of um, uh, one leg. Obviously, it's a one-legged squat. <laughs> Uh, and then you get back on your bike, you ride another 10 kilometers, and that's not an overly hard thing to do. The plank, that's that's at my limit. Um, it might even be over my limit. It's been a while since I planked for a full five minutes. Uh, but, you know, if I do two and a half minutes, then one will be fine. That's, that'll be my starting, and then I'll just uh, keep trying for longer and longer and longer. My goal in the end will be to be able to do, um, you know, 
maybe 50 squats, uh, uh, double-legged squats, uh, 25 single-legged squats, and uh, a half-hour plank, and then my riding in between. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't sound fun to me. I don't. I, it wasn't fun. It was freaking hard. But I just honestly, to me, I, I won't do it unless I can figure out some way to convince myself it's fun in some way to right. See, my end goal is more powerful on whether I like it or not. So my end goal is to be a healthy, active grandfather. And so to do that, I have to be exercising now. I can't wait until I'm a granddad to start doing it because it's, it's just not going to be physically possible at that age. Uh, my kids are still young. I'm an old dad. So by the time I'm a grandpa, I'm going to be an old grandpa. So I have to be working on it. So that's my mindset going forward is like, yeah, I know this isn't the funnest thing in the world, and if I found something that was more fun that I could fit into my time, I'd do it. I'd rather do jiu-jitsu. I just don't, can't find the time to get to class. I've signed up a few times and not been able to make it, and it's just been a waste of money and uh, someone else's time. So I'm not uh, not there yet. I'm hoping to free up more time so I can get back into martial arts and uh, start training again. But for me, this is how I have to, or what I have to do to meet my goal. And so this is what I'm going to do, whether it's fun or not. No, well, I guess it's everyone's got their own why. I think that's probably the biggest the biggest factor here is figuring out your own wiring. Exactly, because you can get everyone the best advice in the world, but that's going to be the best advice for you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because everything you're saying there, like it makes sense to me, but that's not how it's I not work. Happen it's not how I do. No, I've got to find something. Like I totally agree with you. I don't want to be a decrepit old man, and uh, that that worries me a lot. Yeah. Um, but my motivations to make that happen are definitely not the same as yours. Yeah, uh, yeah. It has to be like my my motivation is not to do it, is but is to find something that I want to do. Yeah. And that way, I'm not when I'm sitting around and I'm like, oh man, like I, I have a craving for something. I want that craving to be to like be something active, right? Not, oh man, I really want to go watch a movie at the theater, or I really want to go uh, drink a beer. I want to be like, no, I want to go like fight. Yeah. I want to go ride. I want to, I don't know, whatever. I want to go run around the park with my daughter. Yeah, uh, that's what I want my craving to be. Yeah, I'd, yeah. So I'd I think the wiring. only way to create those cravings or habits is to do them regularly. And for me, that's the scheduling part, right? Yeah. I have to schedule that stuff in for it to actually happen. And and I've been bad at it lately, and I'm going to get back on it again. So next, uh, from physical, we went to emotional health. Um, this is a hard one. I think it's a really hard one for guys uh, to think about it, to talk about it, um, Maybe not. Maybe there's guys that are really, really good at it. I know we talk about it a lot. I don't talk to a lot of people about it, but me and you definitely do. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is you don't really need to have very good emotional health to function the way society is these days. You can be an absolute fucking wreck and be married to that person you don't have feelings for, come home to that family you don't care about, pay the bills for the house that you mostly don't use, and impress the friends that you don't really like. <laughs> um, I don't think you need oh, really man. great mental health to be able to pull that off. And that's why I think a lot of people don't worry about it. Or is that the reason for poor mental health? Well, you know, hey, maybe it's a vicious circle. Who knows where you jump in on it, right? Right. All I know is, uh, like, if you're not challenging yourself constantly and pushing yourself to do things you just don't want to do, like, what do you need good mental health for? Well, I think that's where longevity comes in. I believe that all four of these um, modalities, I guess, is is important. That if you're not 
focused on them, they can get really out of control fast. Um, you know, which I think is kind of just the motto for modern society is just runaway train of your life yeah. sucks. It might be true. Um, I don't want it to be true for me. I'm going to work on all of these all the time to make sure that um, I'm not the, the angry guy uh, at work or at home. I'm not the, the miserable, you got to leave me alone guy. Um, I, I just don't want to be that guy. I like, I like when I'm in a good mood. I like when people are uh, um, excited to hang out with me, to talk to me, to share with me. So uh, I know I have to control that. That's that kind of that weird thing they talk about, the emotion emotional one percent or the emotional 10 percent uh when you br- what was it you break down what was it you break down people that don't necessarily like their job mm-hmm. but they don't hate it people that don't like their job and the people that hate their job and they become smaller and smaller uh percentages of the population but when you add them all up you're left with 10 percent of people that actually like what they do for a living and that's people that like or love what they do for a living yeah um so yeah when you stop and like not many people are making an effort, or actually, not many people seem to really care whether they're happy. In they life don't evaluate. They don't evaluate it and and look at it as a goal system, right? Like, well, how yeah. how do I get to be happier? And I don't mean blissful or euphoric all the time. Like to me, that's craziness. Uh, when people think they need to be happy all the time, I don't need to be happy. Well, content though is nice, right? Um, I don't think that's true. I no. know I'm okay with the days that I'm depressed. I'm okay with the days or times that I'm sad. I'm okay with the days that I'm euphoric and, and happy. I don't want to be euphoric and happy all the time. Uh, I like the challenges of uh, when I'm upset or depressed that I have to I have to work through something. I actually, I like evaluating that stuff inside me and going, oh, well, why am I, why am I so upset today? Why am I so angry today? Why am I so sad today? And then figuring that out and, and, and then coming up with a plan to, to overcome that and move back into, I think if you're always euphoric, there's probably a problem. And if you're always depressed, there's probably a problem. And then it's just figuring out how to solve that puzzle so that you're not always that one thing. I think we need to be that well-rounded ball. We need to feel everything. The The person that made me really dig into this um, has spent uh, most of their lives under a little bit of an alcoholic haze and uh, never really felt depression and never really felt true joy. And I was like... That that's not cool. Like you need to have those down times so that the up times feel as good as they should feel. There's there's uh, and honestly maybe we need to get a psychologist on here to explain this to us. But I really feel that's the way um, life needs to be. If if your life is always content, always euphoric, I think you're going to hit this wall where it, it's going to be miserable, miserable. I kind of wonder if people aren't just programmed from an early age to be miserable like I think about a lot of people that I I, I can think of that live that the white picket fence life which is really the depressed life and I think for some people it is I think for for most people it is that live that life uh they're essentially living like it makes sense why you have people that are just so massively obese and alcoholics you're really you're living for mouth pleasure that you get from the crappy food that you eat because you don't make enough money to buy nice food and waiting for that chance to dumb or not dumb numb your emotions mm. with a beer, yeah. And all of a sudden, you put a lot more value onto your your chips and your Budweiser than you should, right? Because in your life of they're misery, almo- they're almost an idol in your life. Like, oh, if I get to the end of my day, I get 
whatever that oh, is. Oh, yeah. And like I've always said, like if you're or a comparison I like to make is that like if you were, uh, you know, a child in Africa born in poverty and like straight from the get go, you've got AIDS and you're not you're starving to death before you're like five years. Like what is it like something like 2000 kids a day under five die from uh, dirty water in Africa. Yeah. Um, but being a kid that's born to that situation that misery is just as bad as a kid that doesn't get a pony for her birthday. If that's, the, I'm if sure that's, they feel the same way. Yeah. In both cases, relatively speaking, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to both of those people. Yeah. And in the same way, like experiencing the joy and satisfaction of creating something and accomplishment and pushing yourself and striving, that high is just as relatively good as someone coming home from a, their shitty job to their shitty family and eating a bag of chips and a Budweiser. Like that is the best that they get. Right. Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm having a tough time because I'm just not that person. Like, I've always been driven. I've always gone um, after what I wanted. hasn't always worked out. Uh, I, I bet it all on black and lost a bunch of times. Uh, but that's never deterred me from going after it. This podcast is, is an example of that. You know, is it going to be Joe Rogan uh, successful? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to keep working on it until I know that it's not working anymore. You know, is our apparel company going to be the next affliction? Maybe. Uh, but I'm going to keep working towards that to take over that market. And I think that's the joy in it all is that um, you're always got something to work on. I think they talked about it in Tribe. If you're not being challenged um, on a daily basis, there, there's no growth there, right? That's where depression and anxiety and sadness come in is when there's no challenges in your life. So like you said, that guy that goes out to the job that he hates and comes home to the family that he doesn't love and lives in the house that is a piece of shit, um, he's he's not challenging himself. He's just fell into this routine that's not a good routine. Um, but like, do you ever wonder if people like that are just wired that way? Like you can't unwire them? Like people that I, I know like that seem true. very stubborn. Like they're not going to be happy. Like they've got, or maybe they just, they're not hardwired, but they're wired strong enough that they're not going to be easily changed from that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be easily changed. Uh, I know for a fact they're not. I have a lot of family members that have done the same thing for 40 years, and uh, uh, they're not overly happy. They're not overly sad either, and they just go about their business and and, uh, get to wherever they get. But I'm just not that person. I, Do you I, ever, so I'm yeah, no. <laughs> kind of sitting here being like self-absorbed yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm kind of glad that that's how most people are because I don't have competition as hard as I, like I used to, I used to sit around and think that everyone should be like me. Oh, until, I definitely thought that too. <laughs> until a lot of, <laughs> that would suck. I was always very, very much a fringe type person. And I was like, well, if everyone was just like me, the world would be a better place. And then as like being <laughs> kind of weird and fringy became yeah. more popular and people did start becoming like me. I hated it. Yeah. Like it was just just various reasons of like, I'm not special anymore. I'm, I don't feel better than everyone else anymore. Um, people just don't get what they're getting into because it's not about passion. It's about what everyone's doing. Right. Um, I don't know. I kind of look at everyone like, yeah, I'm glad that everyone's kind of miserable and shitty because (laughs) it makes me feel so much better in not being that way when you know that that's what the norm is. I totally understand where you're coming from. I don't. I don't feel the same way at all. You're not cunty I, like I am. Not what? You're not cunty like <laughs> I am. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think there's wrong with or anything wrong with the the way you're thinking. If it motivates you, if it drives you, if it gets you to that next place. Well, and I'm that's not. Awesome. I'm not saying like I'm not holding anybody back. Like yeah. hop onto it. Not 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 only am I not against that, I'll support you in it. Whatever yeah. I can do. 
but I know you're not. And because of that, I'm kind of happy about it. Yeah. I, uh, I, when you were saying that uh, you wanted people to do what you were doing because it'd be a better world, I'm, I'm definitely that person. When I find out there's something cool or good or whatever, I think everyone should do it. I think everyone should do jujitsu because it's good for me. I think everyone should, um, uh, you know, do what we're doing. Have a podcast, talk about your feelings uh, because it's good for me. I, I, I totally on board with that. But I'm starting to understand now that that's not the way people are. And I don't take value in how other people are either above me or below me, as, as it were. That uh, I, don't, I don't get joy in knowing that I'm better than somebody else. And I don't feel bad when I'm not as good as somebody else. What drives me now is knowing that I'm better than I was yesterday. That I'm doing things, um, you know... The four things, the, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial health, I'm working on those daily. So I'm working at being a better dad and a better husband and a better salesperson and a better employee and a better person in my community. And I'm better now than I was uh, two years ago, for sure. Um, and and that's going to be true in two years from now and yeah, in see, four I, years from now. I kind of wonder, uh, I wonder if I'm just a, contra- uh, what am I trying to think here, a uh, contrarian. Yeah. Uh, if what what That's would bother me, contrarian. <laughs> I probably yeah. Um, is is what you know? Is it the matter of that if everyone did what I did, I wouldn't feel that I was bucking the system. I wasn't you know p- leading my own path as much as I, I I would like to think I am. Yeah. But then it kind of makes me think. I'm like, I'd probably just go do something else anyways if that was the case. Well, and and the opportunities are endless. So if everybody has a podcast, there'll be some other media to do that's different than everybody else. You know, whether that's standing on a street corner on a soapbox yelling or it does make you wonder though, how many of your passions are based on the legitimacy of that actual passion, or is it just a matter that you're bucking the system and you're being unique and doing something that either most people can't or won't do. I don't even know what the value in knowing that is. Like for me, again, because I'm not, I'm not comparing to other people. I'm only comparing to myself. So, you know, jiu-jitsu is super popular. Everyone's doing it. Like the from grandmas and grandpas right down to three-year-olds. Oh, it's absolutely. Like we, we run at uh, my school. We, we run the classes kickboxing and jiu-jitsu at the same time. And it's almost always a bigger class for jiu-jitsu for sure. Right. And, and not that that's good or bad. It's just it's what people are doing. And I'm not going to be the person to go, well, I'm not doing jiu-jitsu because everyone else is doing it. I I'm would totally also, be that guy. I'm also not the person that go, um, um, I'm going to do it because everyone else is doing it. I'm doing what I like because it's good for me. If it's not good for me, I'm probably not going to do it anymore. Um, if it's not getting me to my end goals, uh, then I'm just not going to do it, whether it's popular or not popular. You know what? Starting a podcast is pretty popular right now. But I find so much benefit in talking to you, talking to the guests we had. It was super cool having Robin Black here. It's interesting, though, because we are kind of... When you like we were like I was mentioning before that there's that ten percent of people that are happy. Yeah. When you start putting yourself in like when you when you make changes to yourself, you're just gonna eventually be surrounded by like minded people. And it's very easy to say that everyone I everyone is happy in their in the workplace because I've only surrounded my people from the ten percent of people that are happy. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder if that's not the case also, like when you're saying like podcasts are really popular, like, well, they're absolutely growing in popularity. There's a ton of them. But when you take it like how many people are doing podcasts versus how many people could be doing podcasts, it's pretty, it's not very popular. So you're saying everybody that can do them is doing them? No, no. I'm just saying that like we're taking, 
a very specific pool of people and oh, judging. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, how many people do we know that do podcasts? Like, maybe a handful of people out of the hundreds of people we know. And yeah. that's, like, a very select group of people. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I'm actually working on that. I've uh, found a new app. It's called... Uh, Grinder. <laughs> no. <laughs> Similar, though. It's called Shapper. S-H-A-P-R. And it's a networking app. So I went on there and I, I signed me up as a podcaster and, and uh, interested in more guests and interested in, in meeting with other podcasters and seeing how they do things and, and uh, you know, editing and, and hardware and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully we got, uh, there was a guy that was... Um, Said he was an expert in psychedelics that's responded to me, um, which uh, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. <laughs> we'll find out uh, when we meet him. And then there was an uh, um, astrologist, a uh, young lady that was uh, big into the, the moons and the stars and the, the year you were born and the tides and, and all that stuff. So, I, And I'm super interested in talking to her, too, and, and seeing her perspective. You're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what's what's going through your mind. You're fucking retarded. <laughs> Why is that retarded? Like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, so, so that's this, cool if you want to do that. <laughs> th- th- this is the thing, right? Do I believe in astrology? I don't. Uh, um, but I'm interested in someone that does. I'm interested in hearing their perspective and seeing where they're coming from and uh, why they think the way they think and and maybe even giving them some measuring tools where they can realize whether... See, I'm I'm open-minded to astrology the same way I'm open-minded to anything. If you you can sell me on who you are as an awesome person, I'll tolerate and give just about anything a chance. Yeah. But you're going to have to be pretty fucking amazing for me to want to give you a chance on astrology. Yeah. Yeah. I... um I, I know a fair amount about it. I, I, in my younger days, I dated, dated some people that that was really, really big for them. Uh, my parents read their horoscope, and maybe they still do read their horoscope every day. Yeah, see, to me, if I met someone and they asked me my sign and told me that like we blended well because of our, our, our earth signs or something, you might as well say the N-word in the first sentence that you meet on a first date. <laughs> you just like, dismiss them right you away. You immediately go into a certain category in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, and I never do that with anybody. I mean, I obviously categorize them, but I'm not going to cut them out. So uh, we'll see. I, I don't know how good this app works or, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit confused by it. It wants like 12 bucks a month to get the premium one, and you get to see everyone that's – it literally is like Tinder. You swipe left if you want to meet them and right if you don't or vice versa. I don't remember. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Sounds like shot. <laughs> we'll find out but we're always interested in in meeting uh interesting people i, yeah, I want sure. to i want to meet them i want to have them on the the podcast i want to know about them that's why we call it i want to know i want to know about everybody i want to know about everything maybe we can get an astrologist and a psychologist at the same time and have a, a conversation about i would like to have an, an astro what is um an astrologer and an astrom astron I've lost the ability to speak. A sky scientist <laughs> and a sky witch come together and talk to each other about their, their beliefs. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully she's really educated and has like a basis of why she thinks the way she thinks. Like, you know, some people just, it's it's what they grew up on, so it's what they believe. But they've never really questioned what they believe in. Um, I'm more apt. Well, there's a really, sorry, uh, there's a really good point I heard one time about how, um, how most atheists tend to come from very 
very, very hardcore religious backgrounds. Yeah. That's because they bounce from one indoctrination to another. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what, what uh, um, astrology is. You get people that just came from something that they were very indoctrinated in. They yeah. got out and bounced to the complete office opposite with the exact same belief system. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it is. It's a system, right? That, uh, you know, whether it's astrology or Christianity or Buddhism. It's or a lack of accountability is what it is. It's saying that everything is predetermined. So that, I think there's a certain type of person that's going to believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a big topic to get into. Let's stay I actually, I just did a big, a big, huge podcast on the Reagans and their astrologer that they had. And it wasn't, oh. it wasn't themed in the best light. And yeah. 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 I heard a little bit about that. They really, truly believed in like, they had an astrologist on call. They did. Right? Yeah. And she would actually, they, there's like many accounts where air force one would circle a runway for hours waiting for the exact time that it could, it could land based on the astrologer. Um, they used to do press conferences at like the middle of the night at like 1205 because yeah. of her, um, they got to the point where the, and they were doing this over unsecured lines. So it got to the point where the Soviets were intercepting these messages and just to fuck with Reagan as a power move would, uh, change times at the last minute on him for meetings, knowing that it was wow. messing with his astrology. That's crazy. Um, that would be annoying to me. I'm a, I'm a go-getter. And if I had to sit and wait for two hours for the stars to align, I just wouldn't have the ability like that, that, that for me gets me out of the astrology. Yeah. But you probably go to work the same time every day, right? Uh, yeah, I That's do. kind of astrology. <laughs> well, it's more like my bosses need me to do something, so I just show up and do it at that time, and that, that's how they schedule it. But so. it doesn't make sense, right? It's just when you're told to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get where you're going. No? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, just, I don't know. I think it, things are relative to some people. Yeah. So that's a good... Um, good way. We just... Uh, we went from emotional to spiritual health. And so for some people... Uh, meditation, praying, uh, spiritual health is super important, and it is for me. Um, uh, I definitely take some time to 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 meditate and pray, to uh, um, put effort and thought. This is going to sound like astrology. Uh, effort and thought into stuff that's coming up into the future, and I really truly believe that those things um, are why I'm successful at things. It's not the only reason, but it's it's definitely a reason because when I wasn't doing it, I wasn't successful. And now that I am doing it, I am more successful. So correlation, definitely, um, that that's where I'm at. I, I work on my spiritual health. I, I, I take time to meditate and pray and, and to uh, align myself with, uh, with what I want in my future. Yeah, I don't have much. I, I believe in having a very concrete ethos. Yeah, that you can you can do every everything that comes to you as to should you do this and how should you do it, you can go back to that ethos and make yeah. a determination based on that as an influence. Yeah, and then I guess second to that, I just I try to be in the right or else amusing, or be right or amusing. Yeah, <laughs> like I always awesome. if I'm kind of <laughs> unsure where I should stand, I go like, okay, if this came back and I had to argue my reasoning behind this, am I in the right? Yeah, or is this hilarious if I do this? <laughs> I make this funny? Uh, I, 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 I like that a lot because uh, I definitely think that way as well. If I can, if I can make something funny, um, yeah. um, I will as much as I possibly like, can. Will people go back and go like, well, it was the right thing to do? Or will they go, well, that was pretty stupid, but that was funny. <laughs> that was a good story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I spent most of my youth trying to uh, make good stories. Um, 
uh, with my life. Yeah, I think that's that's I don't know. I th- that's how most interesting people are. I got to reminisce this weekend. So I, I uh, or last weekend, sorry, I went camping and met up uh, with a buddy and his family that I haven't seen in like eight years, and uh, we reminisced about all the stupid stuff we did when we were young and drunk and partying, and uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, would I recommend anyone go out and do the stuff that I did? Nope. But uh, if you uh, if you have a fun and exciting life and you want that's to tough though, eh? Because that's what makes interesting people it does successful and interesting. Yeah. I think and like they say, uh, the the greatest challenge of parenting is to try and make your kids. Um, was it try to try to stop your kids from experiencing everything that made you awesome? Ooh, yeah. I I don't think I'm that type of parent. I uh, I definitely. I'll sit back. I remember when my kids were little and they're about to try something that could possibly cause some pain, right? Jumping from the couch to the to the ottoman. And I'm watching them going, yeah, if they fall, this is possibly we're going to have, they could bang their head or break their arm. But they need to know what it feels like. They need to know uh, whether they can or can't do it. Something in their mind is going, I need to do this. I'm going to let them do it. Unless like- it's really bad that balance between introducing them to situations so that they can understand being told the rest of it yeah like they need to get smacked around so that when you tell them you don't want to fight because you can get stabbed that they're going to be like oh okay well i can definitely (laughs) see why that would go like i didn't like getting beat up that one time so i could definitely see how getting my ass thoroughly kicked would really suck so yeah, yeah good point dad maybe i won't do that yeah I uh, I had one yesterday. Uh, my son had found a new video game he wanted on. Uh, it was Kijiji or Barrage Sale or something like that. And uh, the lady lives in Calgary but works in Airdrie. And uh, she or he was corresponding with her online and says, "Dad, it's only up near the superstore. Can I ride my bike up and get it?" And I said, uh, "No, no, you can't. I don't. I don't know this lady. I don't even know that it is a lady." And he's like, "Well, it's it's in public and it's this." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do that." And he kept pushing me and pushing me. I'm like, "Dude, you're not doing it." And he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because I don't know if it's a rapist. I don't know if it's a kidnapper. I don't know if it's a murderer. You know, this simple five dollar video game could end in your death." And I didn't want to say that to him. I don't want to put fear in his heart, but this was I was at work and uh, he was determined to go get this video game. And I'm like, I'll get it too. And I did this morning. We drove into Calgary and met the lady and got it. And she was weird as all get out. Um, I'm glad he didn't bike up and see her. But it was actually a lady um, uh, in a trailer park in Northeast Calgary. So we went. So, you know, there, there are certain, I definitely have a line that I'm not going to let my kids do st- certain things that are just absolutely crazy. Can they walk around airdry? Absolutely. Can they do it after dark? No, they can't. See, I kind of want, maybe this is kind of like a side, this is definitely a sidetrack. How often do you think you've been in situations that were going to go bad, but on the encounter, they changed their mind? Oh, I don't know. Probably more times than I can count. Like it makes me. I've been in some situations where with sketchy people that I kind of wondered. Like, I wonder. I like. I kind of got the impression they were going to rob me when I got here, and then <laughs> they saw that like this wasn't going to be an easy one, and just went with whatever the story was. For sure, I, I've definitely been in that. I, I've been a security guard in Vancouver's Chinatown, and I would. That was my job: is to stick my nose into things that probably aren't going to turn out very well. Yeah. And whether that's uh, lucky or blessed, or I just happen to be the biggest guy in the alleyway, and so no one wanted to test my um, uh, test my abilities. I don't know. But it's worked out. Um, I think you get an awareness for that stuff, though. I think deep down, like, 
You get into something, you go, oh, shit. I think you got to be a pretty hardened criminal to not show somehow. Yeah. There, that, And I think you're just picking up on that, right? But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've seen it at pubs and bars. Where we can sit back and go, well, that guy's going to be scrapping later, right? And yeah. They just got this vibe about them that uh, we know they're there to cause some shit. Oh, yeah, people that are, like, working it. up the uh, effort to do something sketchy. Right. You know, you can see in there. Like, yeah. I think we've both been in enough fights, like, street fights to tell, like, that this person legitimately wants to fight versus this person's working up the balls to actually fight you. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you could actually describe what it is. You just know. Yeah. Like, uh, this guy's not actually a threat. I was talking to, uh, I can't remember who now, just recently about, um, oh, it was a, a lady I was at a barbecue with. And we were talking about me working in Chinatown and how, um, you know, you, you catch someone breaking the law and you have to restrain them. Uh, you have to stop them from doing whatever they're doing. Sometimes that involves physical confrontation. And uh, she goes, well, how did you know when you were going to fight and when you shouldn't fight? And I, I, I don't know. I just knew that that's what there was. And I said, a big part of it is some people just don't want to lose. They, they, whatever they're trying to steal or do, they want to have. And I'm trying to stop them. So those are why we butt heads. And then there's other people out there that want to inflict physical pain on themselves and I had to recognize that as well. Like, oh, this person is just trying to find a way to get hurt. Uh, you know, the, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, masochist. Masochist. Where they're not comfortable unless they're being abused. And uh, I recognized that shortly after being there. I'm like, why are you trying to fight me? This doesn't make any sense at all. And and a lot of times I could talk them out of wanting to fight or hurt themselves and just like, let's relax and just talk about this for a minute. Cause it was no fun. Uh, it's not true. Um, I didn't enjoy, uh, hurting people when I worked in security or where I worked with homeless people, but there was times that I had to, and if I could avoid it, I did. Uh, never am I upset about fighting, but, uh, it wasn't something that was my goal when I worked down there. Do you ever, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, have you ever heard about those people who go to jiu-jitsu clubs to get choked out because they get off on it? <laughs> I have. Uh, I think mostly from you, and uh, I think I saw... <laughs> I, 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 that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you just go to class to get choked that's out right, because yeah. it's arousing. Uh, yeah, that is weird. I don't know. I think I've done jiu-jitsu with girls um, when I was younger where they were definitely there to have a guy touch them and, and not... Them. Oh, really, eh? I've never encountered that. One for sure. One for sure that I knew that um, she didn't roll with any of the girls ever. And just the feeling you got when you rolled See, with her. And I talked to other guys in the class and they're like, oh, no, no, she's... she's I keep telling like these middle-aged women, like when, once women hit about 30, yeah. it's all about getting choked, right? <laughs> and you're kind of the like... The new one is, uh, is uh, ass-licking too, right? That's... that's ass-licking <laughs> as a millennial <laughs> thing, yeah. Yeah. I think you find, uh, so it's like, the, that's the cliche that like, you know, you get to the cougars, right? And the yeah. cougars, they don't get the guys that they used to get. What do they call guys? The, the, the equivalent. Just dirty old men. It's just dirty old I men. Think. Creepy old guys. Well, I There's think it's got to be a name. Well, no, because most guys are down to banging some young girl. So it's just called being a guy. <laughs> just being a guy. <laughs> um, like if that's an option in your life, then that's yeah. a pretty good option. Whereas it seems that most women, it's like for them to be into younger guys, it's a specific type. I don't know, who knows? They got a name for it. But I always wonder, it's like, it seems to be like once you hit 30 or 40, you're all about muscles and uh, getting choked. And I wonder why more women in their 30s and 40s don't do jujitsu. 
Like it's just a bunch of very jacked, super emotionally in touch guys that will choke you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, it, to I, me, it's I, kind I, of like, no is there, that is there somewhere all. that I can go where like a 20-year-old girl will just like rubber boobs in my face and we'll call it a sport somehow? Because <laughs> that's what I see jujitsu for like middle-aged women. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's girls out there like, that... Other that, than a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's girls out there that would uh, do that for sure. Oh, it's called a manther. Sorry, a manther. I, no, it's not because I've never heard it. That's like something that some moron on Wikipedia dude, made up. Dude, dude, do not... Um, argue against the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> they are always right. Um, See, the irony of that is that you have to use it to know what that word is, so obviously it's not that common of a word. Yeah, I'm just reading it now. A male version of a cougar, an older man who preys on younger women. Mr. Smith is such a manther. Did you see his new girlfriend? She's got to be less than a quarter of his age. That totally sounds like awesome. something that someone made up just so they could have a gender balance. Maybe. What do you call it when your friend sets you up with really old ladies? What's he called? I feel like this is a bit of a Chad bashing thing that yeah, we're totally, about to do. Right totally. Now. How do you blend the word pimp and cougar? Uh, I was uh, pimping cougars to my single friends. Is that what you're saying? A cougar wrangler. A cougar yeah. wrangler. I bet you that's a real thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I used to say I was a really good wingman. Um, since that night, I've stopped. I don't. I don't uh, announce that I'm a good wingman anymore because yeah. obviously I don't know what you and my other single friends are looking for. By the way, ladies, if you're uh, if you're single um, and uh, like dating forty <laughs> year old uh, uh, Japanese guys that do mountain biking and. Um, uh, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, uh, look up our, our our website. You can see pictures of Mark on there and you can contact him uh, through our contact page. You can contact him through Chad. Yes. it's uh, And if you're old, he will pass that on more than likely. <laughs> old or missing teeth. Uh, I don't think Mark is actively looking for a girlfriend right now. He's concentrating on being a good dad and, and his fitness. And Fighting his strangers. Fighting strangers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, Mark's single. Uh, I'm not. I'm married. I'm happily married. But uh, if you want to hook up with Mark, I suggest you go <laughs> to our webpage. Or you can look him up on Facebook uh, at Mark Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That, does that mean? That's good. You're about to charge bashing me, so I thought I'd jump on the bashing mark page. We'll yeah. see what turns out. Hey, if if you are sending in uh, pictures or messages to Mark, let uh, we'll let you know right now. We will talk about it on the podcast. Uh, we will do a full description of what we see in the picture, and I will do a before and after picture. So yes, yes, we will uh, post that on Mark's Facebook yeah. page for so sure. So if you send a picture that has one really good angle and it's from 20 years ago, then I hope you've got a time machine and uh, you're. You're really good at yeah. posing. <laughs> I would love to see people just be more honest as a whole in society. Why? Why are you trying to BS anybody on anything? I don't. I don't get it. I'm just not that person. Because you suck. That's why. Well, it's okay. Like if you're overweight, you're overweight. Neither one of us are fitness models by any stretch of the imagination. But we're honest about it. Uh, you know, this is who we are. I'm not gonna. If I was dating, I would put my get up in the morning, take a picture. This is who you're gonna get. This is this is it. I don't get why women think they can entice men with younger or doctored photos to, and I'm sure there's guys out there that do it too. I think the problem. So I think my problem is I'm dealing with this as as a 40 year old. Right. I'm not really interested in a relationship. So as a result, what I'm looking for, uh, like what I'm encountering, are women who are looking for relationships. Right. And they're my age and don't have them. Yeah. So you kind of have to ask yourself, what's the problem? Yeah. 
So I don't know. There kind of needs to be, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of like you were saying, trying to have a website where couples can meet up. Yeah. <laughs> And not be swingers. <laughs> right. Kind of like, where, where do you find as like a single so you can hook up with other singles, but not have it be like just a hookup sex page, right? Right. Yeah. Because you'd love to hang out with some cool people and go mountain biking, go to classes together. I know one of your... Yeah, give me someone exes. that I can like bang and go mountain biking <laughs> with. And uh, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to get married, but right. we also don't have to fuck every other homeless guy we walk across. I'm sure there's somebody out there like that you just haven't found her yet sure all right <laughs> that's our uh try to find a date for mark episode um no i'm kidding uh what are we on we're on financial health financial health what did we get off on a sidetrack there yeah um i haven't thought of i don't have any idea what i'm gonna say about this so go ahead all right um i was not good at it when i was younger the uh i had no what is financial health why don't we define that first Define financial health. Well, I think it's different for everybody. For me, it's trying to uh, set up my future where I don't have to work until I die. Um, that I don't need to be rich. I don't need to have millions of dollars in the bank. Or maybe I do. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I have a number in my head that I think I need to get in the bank so that when I choose to retire, that I can just go and do the stuff I want to do. I have a goal of setting up a gym and hiring uh, instructors and uh, doing wrestling and jujitsu um, and Muay Thai. Uh, throughout the day, so my day will be filled up with hanging out with my kids, my grandkids, and uh, training. Um, that that's what I, and podcasting. So I'll have a little studio in there. I'll have some mats, some heavy bags, and have some trainers. That's what I think a good retirement's going to be. Um, you know, so that's what I'm working towards. So what is that going to cost me? Uh, so I'm working on that. A few different ways. For me, I don't think that you could have a solid financial future. Uh, just based on a nine to five job, you you have to expand. You have to do um, many things to to try to create that that future. There's some jobs out there, of course. If you're a dentist, you're making two hundred fifty, three hundred grand a year. As long as you live well within your means, you're going to save money and be able to retire early. Uh, for me, that wasn't the case. I pissed away most of my money when I was younger. Um, we do all right. Uh, not rich by any means. But See, I think the weird thing about that is like, show me a dentist that doesn't have credit. Oh, for sure. I don't think many of them do it well. I just say they have an opportunity to do it well. Everyone has an opportunity to do it well. A hundred percent. I think our culture is... Uh, um, like, I think it's kind of funny. Like, I don't, I don't make a lot of money. I make, you know, I make better than minimum wage, but I don't make a lot of money. Um, but I live better. Like, I live in a, a happier, more luxurious lifestyle than most people that make twice as much money as I do. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm, me and you are very different in how we live our lives, and uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to the way you do it at all, and it's good for you, and I'm, I'm happy for that. And I have other things that I want to do that uh, I work towards, and you know, you don't ever come to me and say, hey, stupid, you're working too hard, or hey, stupid, don't do this, or whatever. We both let each other live our lives, but we're both pretty happy guys. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not rich. I'm not going out and buying boats and quads. And, and well, see, what's funny is I've got friends who make more money than I do who are telling me I can't come out and hang out because I don't have any money. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, I can't, I'd love to do what you're doing with you, but I can't afford to do it. And it's like, well, but you make twice as much money as I do. Yeah. And like, you have a wife, you have a, you know, all of this going on. Like, 
I'm single. I pay all my bills for myself. I pay all of my expenses for my child myself. Yeah. We don't live with my parents. We live <laughs> we live on our own yeah. in our own place that I pay for exclusively by myself. Yeah. So and, and I can still afford to do like a luxury sport like mountain biking. Yeah. I I can afford to, you know, travel. I can afford to uh not maybe not travel a lot, but you're not heading to Italy every other week. No, but I, I'm. It's never a matter of like I can't go out for dinner because I can't afford it. Right. It's more. It's if I. It's usually like, well, I shouldn't go out for dinner. And you're, from what I understand, pretty much debt free. Yeah, I have a credit card for work because uh, I, I'm self-employed. So I have busy seasons, I have slow seasons, and then I have to worry about sometimes I have delays in billing. Yeah. So every now and then I'll, I'll have like you know we'll go from a slow season to a busy season. I've got operating expenses that are beyond what I've had because we've been slow and then on top of that you have clients that are slow on paying but you're paying you for your invoices so I've, yeah. cre- I've got a credit card for that um if it wasn't just for a massive work related repair bill on my truck i'd be debt free right now on that yeah. credit card so i just did that and i'm paying it off it should be done in a couple months i'd say yeah. but yeah the but uh, compared to most people's like fifty thousand dollars in average consumer debt yeah I've got, I've got very low credit i've got a truck loan and i've got a credit card with a thousand dollars for my truck repair this month yeah and that's super super low uh we're the same thing i mean we have a mortgage uh, uh for our house but everything we buy we buy for cash we don't uh we don't we have credit cards as well um uh, we use them for the points we use them for emergencies we have some money saved up in the bank so we're we're i think we're doing better than what most people are but there's this culture of um, and I don't know where it comes from because it, it, it just seems crazy to me that, you know, the, the banks are always finding a way, well, let's up your credit. Let's do this. And it's totally fucked, man. When you think about it, like if you think about, if you get a loan, that's actually meant like, if you get a loan, the bank wants you to pay off that loan. It's structured payments. And then you get a credit card. Like my credit card payments, I think are based on like a seven year term. Yeah. If I recall, like it's, yeah. I'm Pay paying us $4 for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. Well, forever, because you literally, you're only paying off the interest. interest. Yeah. And it's funny because my credit card I got this year, just because I got sick of like having to have these like points where literally I've got no money in my bank account mm-hmm. because I'm going through a weird transition in business. Um, and I was like, you know, what? I'll just get a credit card. I can stabilize that. But before I had this credit card, I, I, I would always have this kind of lingering, like, oh, should I got to be really careful about what I spend money on? And like, do I really need this? Is there a better option? Is there a cheaper option? Is this a smart decision to make? Now that I have this credit card, in the back of my mind, even though I'm very aware of what debt is, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm rich. Because <laughs> my credit <laughs> yeah. card is a lot more than $1,000 that I was given. Like, I think it's yeah. a gold card they gave me. So it's got a fairly high credit limit. Yeah. And I can't help but walk Did you around. Hear that, ladies? Gold card. Gold card. It's got a gold card. I didn't ask for this is what they gave me. I yeah. probably would have, I don't know. Yeah, given the choice, I would have gotten whatever the lowest one was. But. Good credit number. That's what's going on, yeah. ladies. Yeah. Tall, good looking, good credit. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, fertile. And fertile. I can prove evidence of fertile. <laughs> fer- fer- well, eight years ago, you were fertile. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Vintage fertile. Um. But yeah, I feel I feel like I'm rich. Like I could literally have no money in my bank account and cash flow, but I've got thousands of dollars of credit available to me. And it's like I even though I'm aware of this and it's like a huge deal to me, I have a hard time not viewing credit as money that I have. That's free money. I wonder where culture comes in in that, because I I think that is the truth for most people is like, well, you know, I got a home equity line of credit and I got $80,000 on my credit card. Uh, um, you know, I think marriage and credit is what makes most people miserable in life. Cause yeah. those are the two things that lock you into your lifestyle. I, uh, 
I disagree with the marriage part, but I do agree with the credit part. I, I, maybe for other people, the marriage makes them miserable. I, I, I'm sure that there's, there's people you, that that's true. For me, I just stop and think, like, if things got really, really bad, what's stopping you from making those changes? And it's usually your marriage and your credit. You I would say for the, the masses, that's probably true. I yeah. just don't think it's true for me. No, no, I would, yeah. Yeah, we've so. been through hard times, and it was it was being with my wife that 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 made it um, not good to go through, but it made it easier to go through. Yeah, and some people have credit has really helped them uh, go through their... I think smart people yeah. have, for sure. But it covers it's not your investments yeah. when you maybe can't cover them yourself. Right, yeah. Um, it allows you opportunities. Yeah. Like, good credit is going to get you into a lot of places that bad credit won't. Correct. Even though you're not even touching that credit. And and, and having a mortgage is, means I have debt, right? That's yep. I have a credit for a certain amount. The banks allowed me to buy a house, and they're letting me make payments on that house, and they charge me for doing it. Right. And, and you know, you pay your 3.7% or whatever it is. And in my view, kids would be the third. It's just that's not an issue for me. Yeah. Um, if I have to say, fuck it, get up and leave, I just get up and leave with my kid. I don't right. have to worry about anyone else's opinion on that, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, those can all offer um, benefits and challenges, depending on who you are. Uh, we, we talked earlier about people going home to, to families they don't like that, you know, uh, I think it's true for men and women. They've been forced into families. They've been forced into being parents, um, or they've done it accidentally, and that's not a good way to live. That's not uh, not fun at all. But once you've made the commitment, whether it was on purpose or not, you have to you have to buck up and do the stuff. So you know, when we bought this house, I was scared to death. It was uh, more money than I thought we should be spending. But I've been here for 13 years now. I, I managed to make the payments. Some days it was hard. Uh, other days not so hard. But uh, I, I bucked up and I did it. Um, it's funny you say that. I think the trick is is to not to have more than one or two um, commitments that you don't think you can live up to. Because <laughs> you'll figure out a way as long as it's only like one or two. Right. Yeah. You, you can figure it out. And uh, and I've got all three that, that can be detrimental or beneficial. I've got a wife. I've got a mortgage. Yep. And uh, I've got kids. And, and I love not, all of it. You're not a miserable person who doesn't seem to have any idea how to fix that, right? Like when I think about people that I know that are miserable, the first thing is that I, I would tell them is like, if you're with a person who's making you miserable, leave that person. Yeah. If you're in a job that makes you miserable, leave that job. If your family is making you miserable, change how your family is. The problem is, though, if you're married to someone, good fucking luck leaving them without that and having massive consequences in other ways. Right. Good luck moving out of your house if you have like massive amounts of debt incurred onto it and you're actually like in the, you know, in the black or no, in the red on that. Yeah. And good luck changing your kids. If your partner's not in tune with that too. Yeah. And, and those are discussions that I'm lucky enough that my wife is always willing to have. And, and I'm always willing to have that, you know, our, our financial health, our spiritual health, our emotional health. And obviously all those things can be, corrected and be good yes yeah absolutely like you could have a house that has gone up twice the value you paid for it yeah you could have a partner that they're actually what's keeping your mental health in line yeah and you yeah. could have a family that like it gives you motivation to keep going with everything else that pushes you through trials in life yeah or you could not well and i and i just saw it like literally two minutes ago your your daughter walked into the room 
nice and quietly. She understands we're doing a podcast. She just came in to give you a hug and then go back to what she was doing. And I could see the joy that that brings. That That's part of your mental health. That's part of your spiritual health. Yeah. Or I could have a child that came in here and started screaming at us while we're doing a podcast, right? right? And and uh, what I've seen of your daughter, she she's awesome. I'm sure she has her moments, as all kids do, but uh, she's always been well-behaved. She's funny. She's uh, now starting to interact with me a little bit. A little bit. Uh, it's Mostly negative, but I bring that out in kids. Well, it's funny because uh, it's hard to say that kids are good or bad. Kids yeah, are just I don't what think they, they are. are and good or bad. I think parenting is good or bad. Yes. Um, my my daughter is generally great for the most part, yeah. but she has a huge problem with getting hangry, where she gets just <laughs> uncontrollably over emotional if she gets hungry. Yeah, my so, son was the same way. Yeah, I just I I'm aware of that. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to feed her food, and when yeah. I start to see the indications that. Yeah, it's She's, going sideways. Yeah, it's like, just eat. Just sh- I don't care if you're hungry. Shut yeah. up and eat this, and yeah. then we'll talk, okay? Yeah. Um, and that's that, that kind of goes with that. I have that option. I don't have a wife who is going, well, no, she has the right to be upset right now, and right. then screaming at the kid. Now it's a screaming match between mom and the daughter. Yeah. It's, it's just me and her, and I'm in total control over whether I change yeah. how that's happening or not. And we talked about this when uh, we had Jody on the podcast too, and that's the benefit that I find. I'm not always a great dad, and when I'm not, my wife is there to step in and, and help me out with that, and, and vice versa. She's not always the perfect mom, and when things are going sideways, I can go, well, let me handle this. and, and she As opposed to antagonizing it, which is what you usually see. Yeah, which, again, it, it's it's a cultural thing, I think. I, there, I hear about so much divorce and so much domestic abuse and so much uh, infidelity. Um, you said it to me a lot about our town uh, being that way, and I hadn't seen it, and I don't know what is opening my eyes to it now, but I'm seeing a lot of it, and it's upsetting. Uh, why, why can't people be in the marriage for the other person? Why can't you just... Um, I don't think people get married for that reason, though. Yeah, that's that's what I don't get. I'm married. Like it's funny if you think about it. People get married for the same reason we wear pants, because you're supposed, supposed to. to. <laughs> I think that's true. For and there's some something people. wrong with you if you don't. Most of like people all the time will walk up. People who are fucking miserable in their marriages will walk up to me and be like, "Why aren't you married?" <laughs> because people like you. Yeah. Right. That's that's what it is. Uh, and that wasn't my mentality when I got married. I dated until uh, I was in my 30s before I found my wife. I knew I was going to get married one day, um, but it wasn't going to be until I met the person that I wanted. So technically, are you doing marriage wrong? I don't know. Uh, maybe that's compared an interesting to the perspective. Massive. Well, if you if you go by like what is like what if if you go by like what you're supposed to do because that's what the masses do. Yeah. Technically, you have a horrible marriage. I guess so. Right. I'm pretty happy with it though. Like most people I know, I've heard people, numerous people I say, like if I saw my wife on the side of the street and no one was looking, I'd totally run her over. Oh, and I know, gross. and I know they're only kind of kidding. Yeah. I have a buddy that says it to his wife. He goes, if I didn't love you so much, I'd light you on fire. Like, what? You can't say that to the person that you love and air quotes love. You That's, that's not the right way to do it. Oh, see, I could totally say that to someone that I loved, but yeah. it, that's just the type of relationship I would have with somebody. I think this guy might actually light her on fire, though. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. Uh, I used to, you've seen it. I had my ex, we used to kickbox together, and we regularly made Your ex-girlfriend, not your ex-baby mama. Yeah, one of my many exes. 
we we regularly joked about smacking each other and beating each other up and it's very different than a lot of people that joke about that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, she was she was awesome. Uh, it was a I think a good a fairly healthy relationship you had with her, even though you choked her out a couple times. And I never choked her out. I ever? couldn't. Her neck's too small. Oh, that's Remember? true. I think we tried. Um, I've only seen a few people do it. Yeah, I know. I tried. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't triangle her. I think rear naked. I could. It was the the triangle that she's just too small for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know how we got from financial health to choking out girls. <laughs> uh, that is a weird line to go I don't down. know, money always ends up with women. <laughs> True enough. The, uh, uh, talking about marriage though, that, uh, I think you're right. A lot of people, maybe I am doing it wrong, but I'm happy doing it wrong if, if I am. The, oh, I do everything wrong in my life. Yeah, compared to, to the masses, right? Oh, I, I know that almost everyone I know thinks that I'm, like, immature and irresponsible and a yeah. loser, but it's like, well, you know, I guess. I, I, I don't think any of those are true. I, I, I see you as a dad, which I think in if I was in your role, that would be the most important thing to work on. Being a single parent is, is hard work, and you need to be good at it because you don't have the backup, and, and you do very well at well, it. Well, it's morally right. But more importantly, what people don't see is it makes the rest of your life a lot better, too. hundred percent it does. Anything that you do well is going to improve the rest of your life. Yeah. If, if you do well at your job, then you're financially stable. you got less stress. You're, there's all these things that make your life better. Um, and, it's like and Peterson kind of alludes to, which I just call happiness. Yeah. Is It's, it's about the struggle. It's about the accomplishments. Yeah. Right. And the constantly aiming for that, that that's where you're going to find what you live for. It, it's not easy being a good parent. It, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of thought. But that's why it's so rewarding. hundred percent. That's what I was trying to get to is that, um, you know, you got a really good daughter. You work hard at being a good parent. And therefore, there's a lot of reward for it, right? Like, you don't have to tolerate a child that's going to freak out in public because you have a good relationship with your daughter. You treat her well. You've taught her respect. Uh, you recognize her, her downfalls being hangry and whatever. And you, you solve that problem before it happens. Um, um, that there's a lot of reward in that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't think people understand that when you put the effort in, there's reward. There's and I guess the same could be said about like um, your work and your your relation, your uh, romantic relationships too. The only problem is there's other people involved that you don't quite have the control over that you do with kids. Uh, that's a good point. That's something I think I might add to this list. I actually just physically did. So physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, and then your relationship health. Um, I think it's important um, that you spend time with your friends, good quality time. Um, I love hanging out with you, going to watch a fight. Well, we're married though, right? Like, that's pretty <laughs> much. You're the best girlfriend yeah. ever. <laughs> Not I, the first uh, time I've heard that. Yeah. Um, there's actually funny, there's a, there's funny. a meme I saw about that that I was going to post here today, <laughs> but I was like, yeah. Uh, funny story. We went and watched Rob Black last Friday, uh, me, you, and my wife. And my wife had to work the next day. And uh, so she wasn't really interested in going out night clubbing, but she drove and uh, uh, drove me down anyways. You ended up getting there late because you had to work. And so we were supposed to go meet Robin at a pub. And uh, I just, I'm so bummed that I met, like at the time I was like, whatever shit just happens. But the more I thought, I really bummed that I didn't get to see his whole show. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, 
Yeah. So back to the girlfriend story. So anyways, we're, we hop in my truck to drive to the pub. My wife is kind of like, ah, I don't really feel like hanging out. How long do you plan on doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like a good opportunity. We can meet people to come BJ on the podcast. Penn and Dana White are probably going to be there. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and then right out of the blue, you just say, well, you know, I'll drive you home. And Nicole, if you want to go, you can go. And that's why I realized you're the best girlfriend ever. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you don't drink at all. Um, which is awesome to have as a friend, someone that doesn't drink. And I'll fight people with you. Anytime. Uh, you got my back all the time. Um, and not like a good girlfriend back, but like a buddy back. <laughs> not, not, like a back. Mas- not like a massage. <laughs> not like a massage back. back. No, nothing like that. So anyways, that's what happened. My uh, wife dropped us off on 17th Ave. We went to Ship and Anchor. We hung out with Robin Black and some of his friends. We met some awesome MMA guys. Um, I had more beers than would have been possible to drive home with. Uh, and so I had a ride home. So it was, it was fantastic. Uh, we went and bought Vietnamese subs, which by the way, holy shit, are those good? That was like, I don't know if that or BJ was the highlight. Uh, BJ, BJ Penn. BJ Penn. BJ Penn <laughs> was, was the, the highlight I don't know, for me sub, for sure. That sub was pretty good. That sub was right up there, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what the little red peppers inside of them were? I, yeah, they're just Thai chili peppers. Is that all it is? Well, I don't know what they are, but yeah, that's what they call them. Okay, they were freaking fantastic. That's the first time I've had them. Um, and they were they were really good. So that made for an awesome night that, uh, again, back to the relationships, that I've got this wife that is super supportive of what I do and how I do it and and uh, and supportive when she needs to be. I think the relationship I have with my friends are super important. You know, we've gone for coffee with our friends and it turns into six or seven hours of sitting there uh, having great conversations. Uh, those are important. Uh, I'm adding into the list that your, your relationships, uh, you need to be working on those regularly. You need to um, um, be a good friend. You need to be there for other people. Uh, I, I think it's important. I never, never really thought about it before. I think a lot of people that suffer in all those areas, you know, the physically they're not in a good spot, emotionally or spiritually or financially, it's because they don't have enough friends. They don't have good family members and friends. I gain so much from the people that I know. Oh, perspective, support. Yeah. I think I have people that call me out too. You, you said it. Uh, um, uh, I'm not going to say what it was, but you, <laughs> you've called me out in the past. I've had other friends call me out when I'm not doing things that I should be doing, um, or I'm doing too much of something I shouldn't be doing. You're like, dude, seriously, like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh yeah. Okay. Thanks. And then I yeah. can make that, that, um, that change in my life or the adjustment in my life. I think all those points are probably very much connected and kind of like a very convoluted plate of spaghetti yet catch 22 situation yeah. where they're interconnected and they will comp- they keep going back and forth around each other yeah. in ways that are either good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. I, as I get older and start realizing what's important in life, um, working on all of these things, uh, they're, they're daily goals every day. I'm thinking about how do I make my finances better? How, or where am I at? spiritually where am i at emotionally am i doing the physical like they're all super important i've been you talked about this earlier this year as one of your goals is reading books i suck at it i don't know why i can't do it i've had jordan's book here for two months and i've got through the uh 
preface. Um, and that's I've it. I've been buying more books than I've been reading so far. <laughs> so that's kind of like half the battle, right? It, it's a time thing. I know it is. And uh, um, when I did the podcast with Rick, I says, I don't know, oh, maybe I didn't do it on the podcast. Maybe I was just talking to him. I says, I'm just not a big reader. I can't find the time when I can like dedicate an hour or two to, to a book. And I said, uh, it may sound retarded, but I'm just going to focus on getting them in on tape or digitally. I've been thinking about that because for me, reading an actual tactile book is like a special experience. It's something I enjoy doing as an experience and as the actual act of reading. But as a result of that being a special experience, it gets downgraded to what I have time to do. Right. And yeah. I don't find, I don't, I don't get excited about holding on to a book. I don't at all. But listening to somebody, like listening to a podcast, uh, a book on tape, that, multitasking. Uh, multitasking. Yeah. I do a lot of driving for my regular job, and I can fit in a good three, four, five hours of audio in a day in between uh, phone calls and, and meeting with customers and stuff like that. So um, I find it super, super beneficial. Well, speaking of jobs and yes, six-hour conversations, I've got a 10-hour drive ahead of me here. All right. So, so I think, uh, <laughs> did this we is, come to the uh, end of it? <laughs> yeah. So this is Chad Mark with I Want to Know. Uh, if you go to Patreon uh, forward slash I Want to Know, uh, you can donate to to what we're doing. Help us uh, grow this podcast. Pay for my dates. Pay for his dates. Again, do not forget to go to our website and check out pictures of Mark and then go to his Facebook page. Um, if you're too shy to uh, send it off to Mark directly, you can send it to me. I promise I'll... I look better in person because Chad has taken the worst <laughs> pictures he possibly. I'm pretty sure I'm eating a large pickle in all of them. Oh, that's too funny. So uh, once again, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate everyone that does listen. Uh, we appreciate um, anyone who wants to donate to us on Patreon. And uh, hopefully in the not too future, we'll have some sponsors here. And uh, we're definitely bringing more guests. I've got a few booked already. Uh, we're bringing in a martial arts expert. We're bringing in uh, another Canadian uh, artist, uh, being Ryan McMahon. He's coming in November and has agreed to do the show. I've spoken to a few um, uh, agencies. I don't know what they're called that have celebrities. Talent. Talent agents that uh, uh, we're willing to do some stuff to, to get people on our podcast. So uh, stay tuned. We've got some awesome shows coming up in the future. We do. Oh, and the prison guard. Hopefully you can get him to come talk about what prison. prisoners do to each other's butts and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. that I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to I you. I think we'll have to have him on as an alias because that's going to get yeah. fun. I got a few police officers that want to come on as well, but they don't want to say who they are. That's fine. We'll do aliases. Yeah, I'm totally fine to do that. Not to mention uh, a local doctor who supports uh, Muslims in, uh, shoot, what's the name of the country? Not Thailand. Um, Ethiopia. No. Spain. Damn it. No. <laughs> um, France. Anyways, when she comes on, I'll explain it better. Uruguay. Now I sound like a retard. Can we cut this stuff out? We don't edit our podcasts. Nope. Nope. All Good right. night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. And.